This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. All right, hello, hello out there to you all in the world, disaster divas, every one of you. This is Jordan Cruciola. And Amanda Smith. And today, you know, could be some fireworks on the podcast because we are talking about the movie Into the Storm, which I was very enthusiastic about as a choice. And, um, Apparently, and and I realized partway through watching it that, oh, yeah, I'd seen this before, and I really liked it the first time, and I'm really liking it the second time. Amanda came away with a different feeling about this movie. So we, doesn't sound like we're going to see eye to eye on Into the Storm. My feeling as I was watching it was I hadn't seen this movie before, but I really wish I were watching Twister instead. See, and that's what I was worried you were. That's what I was worried you were going to say because that's like saying, "Oh gosh, you know, I've had I've had steak from the best steak restaurant in the entire world. I guess I'm never going to eat steak again because what steak could measure up?" It's like, "Fuck you, just eat the other steaks. You're never going to get the I other." I would have rather watched Fire Twister. I mean, we get a fire twister. We in this do movie. get you a fire twister. You say that like we don't even get a fire twister in this movie. We absolutely. I would do. rather have watched Fire Twister through the entirety of it. Uh, I, now, what what was it that uh, well, so disappointed you? We'll get into we'll get into. Let's just start off with what it kind of is. I guess let's talk about well, the actual kind of premise first, because for, otherwise, yeah. otherwise it's just Amanda much, being crotchety. First, it's do, very we wanna, much twister. do we want to let the listeners know really quick where they can watch this online? Oh right, because it wasn't actually on the website. We said it was going to be. <laughs> or on. No, that was that was for the the other movie. I just like I've been trying to like make a conscious note of like at the oh. beginning of the episode to to let people know where they can find it in case they didn't listen to the one before or something. You know, every I mean, episode I mean, someone's we, first. We talked about doing this like months ago and then we forgot. You're totally. right, Jason. Thank I'm you just for doing, being the adult in the room. Doing my best. Into Into the Storm can be watched a bunch of places where you watch movies online. I could list them, but you guys know where to rent movies online. It's rentable. I don't know where it's streaming for free. I watched it on Amazon where you can find it. Um, I think if you have Hulu Live, it is um, there somewhere. Yeah, but, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's on, it's, I had used it, I had actually watched it for free because it was on Hulu because it's on TNT right now. A perfect place, honestly, TNT, oh. to watch Into <laughs> the Storm. Extreme TNT-ness. Um, if you are on, if you have HBO Max and you get an Into the Storm hit, it is not the same movie. It is indeed one, I think, about Winston Churchill that stars Brendan Gleeson. Good call. So that's not what we are discussing today, and that is not... Uh, going to give you Richard Armitage uh, running into and away from tornadoes. Now, yeah, Into the Storm is, it's very Twister. It's basically, it's Twister set in an Oklahoma town called Silverton, um, where there is a convergence of many storm systems and there are many tornadoes in a day. Mm -hmm. But also an important thing that you might not realize immediately if you're me is that this is a found footage movie. Um, It's not. It is. It's not. It is. is. It even it was the no. script itself was sold as a found footage movie. It is, it is. It is written as a found footage movie. It is marketed as a found footage movie. It is a found footage movie. Amanda is saying that like this is. I. I. I Amanda is saying that as though you're gonna like have a steady cam Blair Witch effect in this movie. This is a movie that is retconned as a found footage movie, but is not indeed presented to you with the camera effect that would be commensurate with footage that was discovered after the fact. It looks like a multi-camera film 
that right. like it, it is but it's not like this isn't going to look like we dug this up from under a rock and had to restore this footage it's given like title cards of people and their names so it conveys an essence of documentation like like a documentary film but it is not it is not in that it is not really formally looking like a found footage movie in the way that no and that actually was what threw me off about so much of it so it's not actually a found fo- it it doesn't look like a found footage movie every single shot feels the same so narratively it's really hard for me it was really hard for me to track and keep in mind that we were watching something that was supposed to be being held through point of view because all the shots are technically point of view shots from one character another or another or security footage like there's no there's no third person camera, mm-hmm. but unless you're doing the security footage where they have like a couple of things from uh, the high school security camera footage, yes. like every other every other form of, of footage is identical in quality, yeah. and yeah, and look, which is really I, which is one of the things that actually weirdly enough bothered me more than anything about the movie was that I didn't understand narratively what I was supposed to be tracking because I kept forgetting and then getting confused about why we were seeing the angles we were seeing. I think what one is tracking is watching fucking shit blow up in a, in tornadoes. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that dense of an operation to parse into the storm. I, I, that was I, not a hurdle the, for me. The whole, all the thing about the 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 time so that you have the two teen so there's the the storm trackers are one set of characters there's mm-hmm. a t- two teenage boys and their father who's the principal Who of the great. school they were great disaster movie kids yes i really they, liked the teens they did the, they did their absolute best um so there's two teenage boy disaster children and then their father they're like estranged from because he's difficult um <laughs> in that like generically man way that that fathers are in movies where it's just like well he just doesn't say I love you enough um, Amanda is omitting the fact that he is a widower and wa- raising these two well, sons alone he there's, a, a, lot he of, was, there's he's, a lot he's of residual divor- feelings yes, left there's over there's a lot of residual feelings left over but he's also divorced they aren't, he isn't, he's a widower but at that point they're separated yeah but the mom's dead Right. No, I'm not arguing. So about he's definitely not. like he's definitely single parenting, which I think is yeah. fundamental to the emotion. It's not just like they can go to mom's for the weekend when they're tired of right. dad. They're sorting through grief of dead mom while he's dealing with being an emotionally unavailable, very man character raising yes, two sons. Yes, he's being on his a own. very man. Ca- yes, um, but yes, there is additional reason for emotional distance between children being catastrophic loss of mother. Right. So. We've got their point of view, so the, it, but their point of view, ma- like the fact that we're switching between point of views matters. So they've got this whole time capsule conceit, mm-hmm. and so and then you've also got like uh, the younger one is running around with the cam- with a video camera. There's just certain moments where I was like, it just kept getting confusing why they were talking directly to camera to me, in ways that that was what was tricky for me. I had not such a problem, but now, listeners, uh, you can relate with either of our experiences and uh, come down on on your side of the continuum. Uh, What you learn at the end of the movie, basically, is that it's not even necessarily found footage because the footage is not found. It is it is continue. It is maintained from the people who are filming the entire time, but for a few uh, crucial character losses. And it, what you, you realize at the very end is that you're watching a documentary of the entire preceding film because there are wrap-up shots and we're, we're like seeing the, the heroes that we've been following throughout the movie are talking to camera and sort of re- like 
speaking on their experiences and and taking like putting it in perspective so it's like oh we are not live with the events of the movie as they are happening we are watching a documentary that has been put together about them after the fact it wasn't recovered footage it was always meant to be a documentary and this just happened to be the documentary that came out at the end of the filming pursuit of the storm chasing team which incorporated the time capsule teens and then it all got hemmed together into be a, a single documentary product that i'm sure was different than the creator's originally in, original intentions but was you know a valid work uh, on its own yeah so yeah. jordan so it's not like a yeah. fa- it's a documentary it's not a, it's not a, you wouldn't look at it and be like oh yeah this is found footage dug up from I'm under a rock and everybody just died just literally taking from the wikipedia article once i was like wait is what's happening here and then i read about how it was the script itself was purchased as a found footage and that was the intent that's all i'm going off of here sure sure but i'm saying intent does not mirror outcome i think in this case all right um so in terms of the reality index what uh where are you falling on stuff uh i it's, it's one of those things where, all right, we have now entered a reality, much like Twister, where we are going to be experiencing an escalation of storm behavior throughout a day that is um, unprecedented. And so we are now, now that we live in a world where there will be cluster tornadoes that are befalling one very concise geographic location over the course of a day... We can, I guess, calibrate our feelings about that. And basically, uh, it seemed like the level of stuff getting torn to shreds felt very real to me. The entire, because of course we get basically, I don't think they ever label anything with like an F scale as we're, we're accustomed to seeing in a, in a Twister movie. Um, but we get our like gratuitous F5 basically as a finale piece. And it, it completely ravages an airport at a certain point and that is one of my favorite disaster centerpiece moments that I can recall seeing in a movie. It was absolutely great. Putting the putting the airplanes up in the air yeah. was a fantastic choice. It was yes. it just really worked. Yeah, um, the 747s yeah. just like swirling in the air was a tremendous effect. Yeah. Yeah, I and I I I didn't I didn't have a I felt like as far as the the archetype of emotionally distant father went, uh, his angst, the angst of his children and their strained relationship felt like, yeah, that's what that looks like. That's the teen boys pushing, you know, sad teen boys, grief stricken, pushing back against their father who just, you know, wants to protect them and care about them, but doesn't have the capacity to be sensitive about it. I was like, yeah, that that looks good to me. The yeah. uh, I loved dictatorial Matt Walsh. I thought Matt oh, Walsh it was played a when, very great uh, asshole and like egomaniacal yeah. uh, storm chasing team captain. If you had to, that was as soon as I saw what character he was playing. I was as soon as like that character started talking. I was like, oh, that's why you hire Matt Walsh to do this. Yeah, like he's a character actor, but he's a very specific character actor that <laughs> yes. you're never going to be like. Like, we're not talking like a Margot Martindale situation where you're like, wow, she might play an, a KGB agent handler or she yeah. can play, uh, you know, a woman fighting for the ERA. In this case, if you get Matt Walsh, you're getting one thing, and that's a guy who can yell insults at people and yeah. basically bully them into doing things they don't want to do. That's In a really, the, like, and, and look like, really guy s- kind of way. Yeah. And look kind of, like, sad while doing it in this, like, kind of, like, pathetic-y... He, he looks like the kind of guy who, if Louis C.K. were playing a horrible boss, Mm. would then play said horrible boss in the movie's biopic. 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes so sense. So he is he is the it, the the inside of the other inside. He is that culmination of things, and he is perfect. He I fully believe that like he would his main concerns for everything would be the footage and the hard drives, and then as an afterthought was maybe saving his team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I and he does very convincingly too, like because part of what drives him in his bitterness is that. You know, is my career a waste? We're coming to the end of this storm chasing season and we don't have the footage that we need. You know, this is the culmination of my life's work and it's all going to hell. He looks, he's very good at playing a character that looks like they are dissatisfied with their choices up to this point. Yeah. And are very insecure based on what they think is like a life of less than fulfilled potential and and what great potential they had. He's very good at doing that. So I I liked him in this sort of not a aggre- not like Carrie Elwes level but in this lightweight heel turn that he played. That that was a nice twist on his on his type for me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was it was a really I think it was actually it was a really that was probably the most fun part of it was just whenever he would be in a scene just being horrible, just aggressively horrible and very, very proud of his their version of the Dominator, the Titus. Yes, I was so happy to see a a well, I guess the I guess the Dominator would be a Titus esque vehicle since the Dominator came later. But I, I now it's something I wish I could have seen in Twister because it's something I want in every in every uh, tornado movie now is a a tank truck that can withstand the most aggressive punishment that anchors itself into the ground with terrifying hydraulic powered spikes that shoot into whatever's below it to keep it from flying away. I I love a I love a dominator esque vehicle. Yeah, no. If your if your car doesn't also like can't also over go go over IEDs, why are you even messing with this <laughs> yeah. new storm? Exactly. Like, Are no, you serious I don't, don't or want not? To keep it. You know who felt very real were the shit heel locals who kept like trying to amateur storm chase. Was like, oh, yes. yes, these are like these are MAGA types. We are gonna chase the storm. We're gonna drive after it. We're gonna get like too drunk in the path of it. The those morons felt very real to me. Oh, absolutely, felt real. And I, that they would be chasing viral stardom also felt real. Yeah, no, I really liked I really liked everything that they did with that because there was I was like, well, one, this <clears throat> is absolutely these dudes who like are gonna bite the style of jackass ten yes. years too ten years too late. Oh yeah. Yeah. The ship um, has sailed. Yeah. And of course my dumbass would absolutely have watched them do like these stupid I would have absolutely I I laughed when he ran into the into the uh outdoor pool. Was, oh yeah, yeah. When he went he drove his ATV through a through a, a layer of fire into an outdoor pool. Yeah. Or what's yeah. It, uh, yeah, an above ground pool. All, there is a there is an audience for these men. Yeah. There is an audience for these absolutely men. Absolutely there is. They are so dumb. And I was glad to see that spoiler alert at the end they survived. Uh, yeah. because they didn't deserve to die. They I mean they did deserve to die. But I didn't want to see these two. Like, they can't help themselves. They don't know any better. This is probably their best chance out of there. Like, what other skill sets do these dudes have? Right, Let yeah. them have this. I, what, what I, this movie presents us with, um, with another, with, with one of those hurt tornado moments, which I, I think was a, a signature of Fire Twister 2, with the, like, silent silent creeping tornado like there's a moment where two teens are in an old like warehouse 
And it is, there's absolutely nothing disrupting them or tipping them off that inclement weather might be getting severely bad outside until all of the sudden a tornado is right on top of them and ripping the building apart over them. And they're like, the building starts rattling like, wait, what is that? What is that? And then the roof comes off and you see like the the wall of the tornado and it's like, I don't know, guys. I felt like there would have been a commotion outside and this rickety-ass building would have been registering the fact that there was an approaching tornado a little while before the fact it was right on top of them. In general, there was a real issue with that. <clears throat> I It was sort of... There were moments where I was like, is this taking place in a place... Like, is this taking place in Los Angeles where no one has ever experienced a tornado before? No one's expecting Yes, no one's expecting A lot of people it. seem real thrown off by all of the circumstances involved here. Like, they're yes. holding a graduation ceremony. I... I mean... It starts really raining all of a sudden out of nowhere. And they're like, well, I guess we should probably just keep going with the graduations. Yeah. Yeah. Should you, though? You have a tornado warning. The sky is getting dark suddenly. I don't know, guys. Maybe you should go into what appears to be just a hallway that you're calling a tornado shelter. Yeah, that was for the let's run to the storm shelter just being a hallway in a school. I was like, did we not make it? to the shelter because we couldn't or is this being presented to us as the shelter because I was this confused is about definitely that a was, fucking hallway it was a hallway with glass at one end that yeah. was i'm not i'm not a tornado expert i don't know but it seemed like not a great thing to have as a setup i yeah, just no, didn't see uh, agreed yeah yeah, no, I was the, not super on board with that I, if someone were like get to the tornado shelter and i were in that school i'd be like i'm I would rather not, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you mean the tornado you mean the vortex, you mean the wind tunnel that you've just set up for us. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. thanks. Yeah, no, uh, that was yeah. that was definitely um that felt like a real yeah. failing of like like local leadership yeah. uh, to have not ensured the especially since like at one point I think it's made clear that like the whole town is hiding out, is holding up in the school for safety, pres- which which sort of gives us the implication that everybody knows the school is the safe place to go, which would mean that the school is the place that is the best equipped to handle this storm, and yet everybody has ended up in a hallway. That, yeah. that That's no good. That, I'm sorry, Oklahoma. I expected better from you. I really, I thought that that was like, th- this school definitely is not going to be new. They absolutely would have had bomb shelters. Like, right. Come on, this is Oklahoma. They didn't build a nice new school right then. Like, this is a small town. <laughs> <laughs> Not that, like, Oklahoma can't build a nice new school, but just that it's a small town. I seriously doubt that they had... Well, it's a big enough town that they can have an airport, but I seriously doubt that they, like, don't have a bomb shelter, don't have a basement underneath any of that school. Their best option was, like, no, 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 the lockers that open and close, that's the solution. Yeah, especially since we're told, that get to the storm shelter. They're not just yeah. saying, oh, shit, we need to shelter in place and make do with what we have. Maybe like, that's you gotta the name get of the everybody the storm shelter. Maybe that's the name of the wing in the school. There's like storm shelter. There's like, they're just named after different things that they don't have. Right, Quali- right. They're- storm shelter, quality education, <laughs> diversity. Yeah, yeah. No, that that's entirely. It's yeah. just they're trying to they're trying to manifest to make up for what they don't have. Yeah, but but also this is you're right though they are stealth tornadoes, which like maybe that's what the town wasn't expecting because at one point the principal dad is driving down main street toward this and then 
His son in the passenger seat yells, Dad, look out. And suddenly there's a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. Like demolishing a building. And yeah, it was sort of the same moment as in Cloverfield where you're like, how were you guys standing in the middle of the field and the Cloverfield monster snuck up on you? Right. That's yeah. sort of what happens there. Where you're like, he was looking straight ahead at the road. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was looking at his phone at the moment. He wasn't no. zoning out. He is looking straight ahead. And then his son yells, dad, look out. And then he sees the tornado in yeah, front of it him. Was- it was the it was the hyper localness of a stonados where it's like wow this was fully happening in a part of town a few blocks away and you apparently didn't know it until it was right on your ass like mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like i know i would know if there was a tornado that was going to hit five towns over from me here in oregon where i'm where i'm staying with my sister because I don't know, that's a big deal, and people would want to be, like, and we don't even have a tornado infrastructure here. Well, people would be like, oh, well, we know what to do. We'd just be like, well, probably better prepare for the fact that there's a tornado 50 miles away, because who knows what could happen next. It's all anyone's talking about is the tornado that's ripping up the middle of our town. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the worst things about being friends with me is that I don't know how most of the Midwest works. So if I have a friend who lives anywhere in the Midwest and there's a tornado warning for anywhere in the Midwest, right? the first thing I'm doing is texting them panicked and being like, hey, I hear that there's like a really bad storm system coming your way. Are you guys going to be okay? Yeah. Because I don't understand. When, like, when there was a hurricane, the hurricane in Texas the other week, yeah. I was texting friends being like, I don't understand Texas at all. I don't know what part of the state you live in. I assume just the part that has a, tw- has a hurricane. Turns mm-hmm. out Texas is big. So. And not much of it, not all of it is coastal. No, apparently not all of it is coastal or big. And so uh, good, good lesson there. But yeah. the point is, is that, yeah, like people know this is not something that... This is not something that goes unnoticed, which I did like that they explained away the fact that there were no tornado sirens by being like it took out the system. Because yeah, that that's was always the that's always the thing is like, well, why can't they get underground because of the tornado warnings? But I do like that they explicitly I do like that they explicitly kind of explain that. Yes. And I, I, I liked that I I liked that we got a sort of buffet of tornadoes but not necessarily in a linear fashion. Like, of course, one of the great parts of Twister is that it's a, yeah. a, a very clear escalation of storm intensity throughout the day that is specifically attacking Helen Hunt's family. Right. That is one of the best parts of Twister. I, I liked that it was just kind of chaos in this one, though. Yeah. That they're, like, that when, they're, when a fire Twister does emerge, you're not really expecting it. And then suddenly you're like... Well, we've seen a lot of tornadoes at this point, and we're maybe in danger of getting more of the same. But oh my god, now it's a fire twister! A and fire that twister shot... with six other tornadoes around it. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and we, I, I mean, it was a really outstanding shot of the poor man who was about to die, who oh. is standing in front of the fire twister filming it and we just see his silhouette from behind with a raging fire cyclone in front of him that was awesome yeah that was as soon as so he's the one jake is the one who the whole time is scared and he's a coward and his buddy who got him into it is like trying to psych him up so he doesn't get fired yeah and of course there's the moment where he wants to quit and his buddy is like, no, just ride it out for a few more days and yep. you'll be on a beach with your beautiful girlfriend drinking margaritas. And he might as well at that point have just cut his carotid artery. Yeah, just kill him. Like, just just bury I, him right there. 
like if I am ever in a place where somebody needs to reassure me about anything and they tell me how I'm going to get through it, <laughs> not only am I taking a bullet, they're going with me. Like I'm not uh, waiting to find to out. Know. I'm not waiting to find out what I'm gonna, what animal or what horrible thing is gonna happen to me. <laughs> like, right. no, you're not making it out. That is the yeah. that is the friend to friend equivalent of being at a party where the band only knows one song. That is a that's a great point. That I yeah. mean, yeah, it's it's like horror movie rules. It's like it's you know, it's scream. It's I'll be right back. It's yeah, it, it's one of those things where yeah. it, you're doomed. As soon as like, you learn like, about the, brief, the, like, about the family, family. you never see. Yep. As soon as you start talking about the family you regret not spending time with, that's it. The book's closed on you. Yeah. You're so just, you're the walking dead at that point. I just, and so I was just like, no, he's going to die. Because I knew that, like, I, I was surprised by how few casualties we had seen at that point. And then I was like, oh, my God, uh-huh. this one dude is going to take it for the entire team. And I was not expecting it to be as truly brutal of a death as it was. Because oh. we don't just, it's not just he... We watch him get dragged and clawed, clawing at the ground as he's dragged away by the wind gusts. Yeah. We then watch his body on fire. Spiral up. Yeah. Spiral up the fire twister well, as he his burning screaming. corpse is screaming. Yeah. In, it was incredible. And like, it's a wide shot. We watch the body spin up toward the sky for quite a few seconds, it feels like. It we're is like, a oh, very wow, extended I mean, there. Are, that's a, that is a surprising thing about this movie is there are a couple points where it is the there's a cold open where like presaging the storm systems that's about to hit. We are in this little town and a group of teens is driving around at night and suddenly this weird storm hits and of course their idiot friend like Billy or Bobby or whatever gets out of the car. He's like, "You guys seen this? You guys seen this?" It's like, "Yeah, you fucker! A bunch of transformers are exploding in front of us and the wind is getting crazy. Like we're not missing it." And they're like, "Get in the car. We've got to go." get in the car we've got to go and he's not getting in the car and the whatever is happening is clearly getting closer to them and a lightning strike flashes on a tornado wall he's like it's a tornado it's a tornado then he finally gets in the car so his friends can drive away too late the tornado's on top of them another sneaker tornado and it just it kills all four of the teens inside but like we watch the camera for like an extended stretch once they're caught up in the they're caught up in the in the cyclone we like watch them screaming and see their bodies being thrown around before that segment cuts out it's yeah. pretty heinous yeah no we have to watch them like be thrown in a car just like like dolls yes um and and for for the sin of ditching prom and making out in the car (laughs) also like a horror movie yeah it was very horror movie it had a very horror movie feeling to the opening i mean i was fully expecting there to be like some sort of a tornado monster just based on the are you guys because like the level of disbelief and shock at the lightning strike and then a tornado again in oklahoma right uh, this is really, Tornado Alley, right? Yeah, like this, yeah. this qualifies as Tornado There's, Alley. This is Tornado Alley. There's a reason why Twister was set in Oklahoma. Yes. And that is, as I... You know, it was... I, yeah, why we yeah. know that Oklahoma is can, is canonically the home of Tornado. Twist, there is a Twister museum there, partly because that's where Twisters are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you, the, don't have that, to, that you don't is, have to have the instinct as they were, as as Matt Walsh was berating, uh, what's her name? She's in everything. Oh, the lady scientist. This. Yeah, the lady scientist. Sarah, Sarah, that's Sarah, Sarah Wayne Callies? Is yes, it Callies? thank you. Callies? Sarah Wayne 
Sarah Wayne. Let's take Sarah Wayne Calais just to be just to be okay. French. Yeah. <laughs> to add a little, if it's if it's from if it's from the Burgundy region, it's Calais. Yeah. There we go. Otherwise, otherwise it's sparkling Calais. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. There it is. <laughs> And no, she she was I, she was a great lady scientist. I really enjoyed her. Good lady scientist abandoned her daughter, so we got a little bit of pathos. Yep. Just just because in you know we can't there have there's two options with lady scientists either yeah. sexless one of the boys or mother who regrets her choices. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mother who can't get back to her child as yeah you know at, you know at least for this purpose we didn't have to spend the movie like we did with Brittany Murphy and Megafault watching her. Mm-hmm in vain trying to get back to her child throughout the madness, um, in vain till the very end, at least it was just we knew from the start she's not going to try and go home. Like, no. she's with us all the way. I really thought we were going to lose her in a twist moment when they're in the middle of the downtown tornado tornado mm. fest and mm-hmm. she's getting blown away and she's hanging on to the Titus and Richard Armitage has to save her. I was like, oh my God, do we lose her right now? That would be crazy. But we don't. We absolutely do not because she has to sort of semi become the new mom. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at that. I was like, I, as soon as they did, I was like, that's the best meet cute. Yeah, and I am so glad that I am so glad that he will now have a chance to understand what love truly is. Yeah, <laughs> because that's the that's the lesson that he needs to learn through all this. Well, and what we what, a thing we see, uh, you know, when we get shots of the devastation at the end, and and there are a couple points sort of throughout the movie, there is that insane fact of reality of tornadoes where it can level one side of a street and the other side can be fine so of course the home of our of our principal richard armitage and his two kids is left standing and they've got a family and and, and they've got their family home it's really a perfect place for sarah to uh for lady scientists to take her small daughter and move in with them Mm-hmm. And have plenty of room for everybody, so... Yeah, especially because the two sons are leaving soon, so he can just start a whole new family now and forget about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can just he can just ditch that and be like, you know what, clean slate. Yeah, new kids, new non-traumatized child, because these two are going to be real broken after this. Yeah, like, <laughs> I... A little too much work here. Yeah, one child is going to... One child is, is now a storm-chasing maniac. Um, like, he's very clearly just going to become an adrenaline junkie storm chaser. And the other <laughs> yeah. one... The other one is came back from the dead. Yeah. So I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be the brothers in Hurricane Heist. One of them oh is my stained. God. One of them is stained. One of them's Breeze, and one of them mm-hmm. is meteorologist Toby Kebble. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if meteorologist Toby Kebble were Breeze, is the thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. Breeze, like if they had each other's personalities. <laughs> because like meteorologist Toby Kebble is definitely more of the older brother kind of stayed a little bit yeah. like a little awkward, quiet guy. Yeah. And younger brother has Breeze's personality. Yeah. But yeah. But if, if they pursued each other's interests. Now, I don't, you know, you only got one brother, but that's one more brother. Yeah. Half brother. But that's one more brother you grew up with that consistently than I did. Is that... Is that always with brothers? Is that always there's one? I mean, there's one crazy kid, and then there's one nerd. Like, or is that like? I, I don't, don't. I don't have like an opinion on this, but something like, I, why does it always have to be that dichotomy with brothers? I mean, I like I'm thinking of the brothers that I know, like where there's two guys, because my like the balance of me and my brother is so different because like one, I'm a girl, so it's just a right. different. Sure. Like our interactions are different. There's no world in which Alex would ever goad me into like talking up a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like make sure you get some skin. Like, that's not gonna, my brother's not gonna encourage me to to 
to grope a dude's dick, like, <laughs> and film it. And film it. He's not yeah. on board with any of that. He's, yeah. I made a joke about how I have sun, how I have oil burns on my boobs the other day, and now I can't send boob pictures, and he just, like, walked away from the table. I would do the same if you were my, if Riley said things like that, that it's my sister, everybody, I would be like, well, I'm going to get in my car and drive back to Los Angeles right now. There I go. Look at me See? go. And, and I feel like with those and I'm brothers. I'm her sister. I'm not even right. her like brother. This is weird. I don't talk about that kind of thing. So yeah, but so I, just I think can't that hear this that. is, I think that I, I'm sorry to, as I'm speaking, I'm like, maybe I'm the loud brother and he's the quiet brother. Maybe that there it is. Be the, maybe that's the dynamic. And it's just, I'm yep. like, no, we don't have that dynamic. Because I'm thinking of him being the, <laughs> the boisterous brother. But as I'm speaking, I realize I'm the asshole here. You're Breeze. You're Breeze. I might be the asshole. Oh, I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely was Breeze. Of the two of us, in terms of the dynamic in the car, uh, that would have been, I would have been the one yelling at my brother about how it was his fault that we went back for the stupid playbook. I will say, as someone who famously, and uh, by famously, I mean not famously, does have two brothers. Right. uh, We were, all three of us were the loud one, and I was the crazy one and the nerdy one, so I really don't know what to, like, do. I don't know. I don't know about dynamics. Okay. Then movies are not giving me enough brother nuance is what I'm, is what I'm getting for sure here. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And sometimes the sister can be the brother. It might just be that there are archetypes that these movies traffic in is potentially... They it are could the be most, that. Mo- not the most nuanced of character crafting in these films, weirdly enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, okay, so yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, I like an archetype. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, no, I feel like I feel like maybe this is not where you're going for like your method actors who want right. to really delve into the inner psyche. Yeah, your Jared Leto sort of performances. Yeah, although that would also be, I would, I think the only dis- thing I'd like to see Jared Leto in is a disaster movie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that is our right as dream casters. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to cast him in this, obviously, but just in general, as a concept, <laughs> I guess I'd be on board with Jared Leto taking, because he would take it all so seriously. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, he would need to play it straight in a way that, and I would just really like the idea of him being like, yeah, I spent six months in the field working as a meteorologist, learning how to take barometric pressure readings. Uh-huh. And I sent my, and I sent my coworkers barometric pressure gauges instead of like dead rats like he did to harass his co-workers yeah on suicide squad yeah um i like i like that this movie doesn't have another antagonist oh, i yeah. like that it's just man versus nature not that i don't appreciate antagonists which is there but this movie needed to keep its focus narrow in yeah. that way and i'm glad i'm glad we didn't add like 15 more minutes of runtime to like resolve the like evil meteorologist or evil civil servant who was stopped. Like we get like yeah. a minute where the principal's like, we're not leaving the storm shelter hallway. And everyone, and like the storm chasers are like, do you understand? Like Sarah Wayne Callie is perfect in her delivery. She's like, this is like, I study these for my life. This is the biggest storm that's ever happened. Are you hearing that? Can you hear that? It's like, wow, straighten that guy right out. And then they go, yeah. then they run to the buses. Which the buses, I had a lot of questions about because the buses okay. seemed like a bad plan. I don't know right, that staying that... in the school would have been better, but that's because the school didn't actually have a storm shelter. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> gotta say, putting everybody in the town on buses on a one-lane highway, yeah, when you're trying to outrun a tornado, didn't seem like the most advisable of plans. Yeah, it that was tough. It was like, man, really, yeah. what do you real bad situation here? A lot of a lot of bad options for how to get 
Because they're trying to get the townspeople out of the school. All the buses are in the parking lot of the school. All right, we're going to shove everybody in these buses. We're going to drive out of town, like you said, on that, like, one-lane road. And, of course, all but one of them makes it the one containing our our heroes who are not in the Titus. Because a set of power lines goes down over the freeway, the freeway, the tiny road, and nobody can get around it, forcing them into a storm drain. And I liked the the storm drain, the, the final, final... Yeah. tornado save like save yourself from the tornado moment was a little too long but i really liked the storm drain they get in it and in the one moment of in his finally he's he's achieved selflessness pete bastard pete who's matt walsh he's he go like they realize the grate on the drain isn't gonna hold he goes up to the titus which i keep wanting to call the dominator he drives it up to that grate to force it into place so people aren't gonna be sucked out and they use the wench at the front of it to attach to a semi that has plugged this storm drain on the other side so he's like he's given up his life and i liked that as a as an impromptu like shelter i thought that was very cool and dramatic yeah, I I liked that. I did I did a, immediately uh, as soon as they had the accident. I was like, well, that's why the highway was maybe not the best plan, guys, because there's yeah. a lot of and buses are a lot hardier than one might expect. Okay. That bus could have gone off road. I would I argue. Think, I think the, the bus issue was could that have gone the, off the, the side. The issue was that the the power lines that went down stretched for so far on either side yeah. of the road that they couldn't get around it. It was like shit. Okay. This yeah, just I keeps felt, going in either direction. I yeah, I felt like they could have could have tried it, but I I respect that. But I did like, and do you think that it was him being selfless, or do you think that it was him realizing it was the sacrifice he had to make to get his work out there? I mean, definitely that's part of it. Definitely that's which, part like, of it. Is not a, You're not that wrong. is not a complaint either. That is actually like yeah. as a that made me because initially I was like, why is this happening? And then I was like, oh. This is the one way his final work can get... This makes sense for the character because it's not that it's it's a selfless act. Mm -hmm. It's that it's... And that actually worked better for me than, like, he suddenly becoming... He handed, like, a drive to Richard Armitage. He was like, hold on to this. This could save people's lives one day. And then he goes out the manhole and runs to the... Runs to the Titus. Yeah. Um, And then he gets a great death sequence. Yeah. I mean... Really epic. Really good. Just he, so he, one, the, you get an eye. You, I know yeah. you love an eye. Yeah, I mean, that is, and again, because I'd forgotten the details because I, I don't remember when I first saw this. I forgot about that sequence. So when it gets calm, I was like, wait, it can't be done yet. And then he, when they're like, is that it? Is it over? And then he was like, it's not going to last for long. And then you're like, oh shit, we're in the eye of a giant tornado. That is awesome. Yeah. And this was a giant tornado that formed from two tornadoes merging together. Yes. Uh, which, according to the Wikipedia page, it does form an F6. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, the title of the movie was, for a little while, F6, and then they went with Into the Storm. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so the, the Eye of the Tornado is a great sequence. And then when yeah. they're like, and it's going to get worse because the, the tailwinds are worse. And then the bumper gets wrenched and he goes flying up into the air. Yeah, the winch maintains it, it the car the Titus separates from the the bumper and the winch so the winch I guess what was happening because I, I guess the grate doesn't fly off because the bumper stays in place to hold the grate where it's at because it's still anchored to the semi inside I was like wait why isn't the grate flying away but that bumper and that winch yeah I think are keeping it pinned to the pinned to the tunnel yeah that's exactly that's pretty much what's happening it's okay, coming yeah, yeah. loose a little bit but like it's still it's semi holding from that yeah 
But then, yeah, then when he flies up into the air and then up into the eye of the tornado and sees, like, just calmly sees the clouds. Because I was like, In that just- similar moment to, to mm-hmm. Joe and Bill, to Joe and, and the extreme mm-hmm. in the eye of the F5, where we looked up and it's just, like, storm and, like, blue skies right above it with, like, the swirling rope at the center, like, is pretty cool. It's really cool, yeah. And it, it just, like, you could hear the Delta theme song of Fly the Friendly Skies. Like, it's this perfect <laughs> yes. fluffy clouds. A yeah, because he gets pitched hour. above. He gets yeah. pitched above the cyclone into, like, the cumulonimbus clouds that are formed above the, the land. And yeah. he's just, for, for, for a few brief uh, blissful moments he is just basically like Superman charging himself up in the sun and just looking at the clouds and the sunlight and like you said the mm-hmm. golden hour before falling back down into the tornado Yeah, before plummeting to his death and we, we yeah. ride it out with him for the most part until it hits the ground and then the camera feed cuts yeah yeah so and it, it's pretty and I honestly I was like well because it's Matt Walsh I'm gonna kind of hold out hope that he actually makes it and it's like a we do get a button, but it's with the hillbillies. And mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be him, like, buried in the Titus. Like, guys, I'm in here. I kind of half expected that to happen. I was a little surprised when it didn't. I actually, I would have I would have been okay with that. Because I, I as too. much as I know that I was supposed to be like, he he gets what he deserves. Like, right. No, you know what? Sometimes assholes get things done. Sometimes yeah. abusive, I don't want an abusive boss, but, you know, it's not uncommon in Hollywood. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, as we've seen, you can't cancel bad men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Unless I guess Not you're real. a tornado, in which case you have that power. That's true. We, you're right. We're reliant upon Mother Nature to sort these things out for us, which is, I mean, more and more there is Earth justice being passed down, uh, but it's pretty indiscriminate. It's not as targeted as taking out the assholes that uh, it needs to. Yeah. No, again, kar- karma not being a scalpel is uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. very accurate. <laughs> In terms of what's been happening with the world, as evidenced by the fact that we currently have a wildfire happening because some assholes decided that in peak heat season, like the hottest day on record, they're going to have a gender reveal party with pyrotechnics. With explosives? Yeah. Yep, they were just going to do that. Have a smoke machine because your baby should come out like evil fucking Knievel. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that... And that this is not, this is not, in fact, the first, as far as the reality index of life goes, very reality oriented that there would be a wildfire as a result of a gender reveal party, because this is, in fact, not the first time that that's happened. Nope. Nope. It has happened multiple times. Um, it is. And so, yeah. So as we have seen, karma is is not quite as delicate of a hand as, say, a tsunami launching a shark into a, into a supermarket. Right. Yes. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, you, I wonder, like, how far, how many more years until, how many more years until and into the storm becomes slightly more reality oriented? Like, how, how many years until the, uh, you know, climate change that we're dealing with, like these fucking fires, poor Australia, California right now, how long until it's like, well, there are six tornadoes in downtown, small town USA until that's like just kind of something we see. Because honestly, I feel like if one thing we're learning right now is that anything you saw in a movie warning you about the dangers of human interference and shit, we're kind of checking the boxes, man. Like we're we're going down that list. I mean, (sighs) 
you know, when they talked about in the movie, when they, like, it's, it's, it was great, because it was, like, right at the halfway point of the movie, just like in um, Hurricane Heist, where it's just, like, right at the halfway point of the movie, they talk about, like, Sarah Wayne Calais, Callie says, has a little quick thing about climate change now, this is going to become yeah. the new normal. And yep. she's like, her, we'll start seeing tornadoes in Chicago, Los Angeles, even London. Yeah. And... Okay, topography. I know topography has a little bit to do with tornadoes. You need flat right, land. Right. Torna- tor- tornadoes uh-huh. don't like hills. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. But you know, when you look at like, I guess, it's I guess it was about three weeks now. San Francisco had massive thunderstorms. I which, mean, yeah, uh, the the catalyst for that huge for like the that, that fire plus fires yeah. were happening were unbelievable, like record levels of lightning strikes yeah. hitting down in phenomenally dry conditions, like fucking lightning electrical yeah. storms what that's so anybody who isn't this in is California, not that's not a thing we get this? yeah no like you can get you can get heat lightning out in the desert i've definitely been out in palm springs where it's been like 120 degrees and there'll be heat yeah. lightning and stuff yeah but you don't get like the thunderstorms that you get in other parts of the country here you don't i i can count on one hand the number of times not in my like childhood 10, i remember thousand lightning strikes hitting mm-hmm. the ground in, you just don't in, get in, that like, kind of weather here no. And definitely and like, not in San Francisco. What, like, wh- and the idea of that being, like, 10,000 lightning strikes, that's yeah. straight out of a Gerard Butler movie. That's, like, fucking geostorm levels. Yeah. So when you, to, to answer your question, Jordan, when will we start seeing, yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we, yes. yes. When will we start seeing these things? Open yes. the door. Yeah, yeah. Like, Basically. I know you're, you're up in Oregon right now, so you're in, like, a, a pleasant, idyllic town yeah. where your climate is nice yeah. and you didn't spend yesterday lying on your sofa with a fan two feet from your face staring at the Ugh. thermometer going, oh my God, it's 90 degrees in my living room. Oh my God. I felt like no. I was living in soup. <laughs> How is it in LA today? Oh, you know, it's soup. It really is. <laughs> and like you can't open your windows because... No. Because the fire, the smoke from the fires is so bad that even yep. though it's far away, it's it's cloudy here. Like yeah, the, yeah. It's got that weird orange sort of smoke. You know when, like, the sunrise this morning was super creepy because it was, like, yeah. deep, fiery orange. Yeah, Which is how yeah, you know yeah. that today's going to be a day where you can't actually breathe. Yeah, where, where we're wearing our masks all the time for various reasons instead yeah. of just the ones that we've been lately conditioned to do. <laughs> Is that just our usual apocalypse these days? It's, right, it's special right, occasion right. apocalypse. It's special occasion apocalypse. That is exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, into the storm, coming to a, coming to a town near you? Question yeah. mark? Any 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 that's, uh any climatologists dark. out there want to weigh in on this one? Find us at at Disaster Pod and let's talk about it. Yeah, to, to, please tell us about how how afraid we should be. Disaster <laughs> yeah. underscore Pod. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I also I did find it funny that this didn't seem believable to me. One of the teen boys carries a pocket knife, and his dad's like, "I told you not to have that." I'm sorry. I grew up in a small town in Oregon. I don't think dad is telling like pretty responsibly aged teenage boy like don't carry a pocket knife on you like the kids weren't carrying knives yeah, at school not. where i grew up no but come on just like don't carry a pocket knife every year my my um sister and her husband are both in agriculture and he grew up farming every year he just wants more knives for christmas like they're, yep. the amount of pocket yeah. knives between him my recently departed grandpa my uncle and my dad alone i could arm a militia with just their pocket knives that they would need so yeah. 
No, that kid's carrying a pocket knife and no one's making any bones about it. No All right, doubt. so here's the one thing that I would, in my head, retcon this to, to give them more character and explain the knife. And that is, if the dad had recently picked up the kids and moved, this was his first year as principal of the school. Okay. And they had recently moved from, like, the Northeast or something, and this was his, he, like, relocated the kids to get them to, like, out of, you know, this is the new job I've got, mom's dead, deal with it, we have to move, we're selling your childhood house, like, yeah. and then he picks up and moves, and so then this kid, that would be like, okay, fine, that's why he's not cool with his son having a pocket knife, because that's not the culture from where he's from, he's new, he's out, he's sort of the, the Sheriff Brody of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, yeah, from where, where they come from, they don't carry pocket knives. Yeah, like I, as a, as a Los Angeles child, for, as a West LA child, I did not have a pocket knife in my, until I turned like 28. Right, I love pocket knives. I was afraid of them. Now I'm like, they're great. I love pocket knives. I have everybody multiple in my have apartment. Everybody should have a Everybody should have a leather and everybody should have a pocket yeah. knife. Yeah, no, you should, I, I, I have two and I probably need more because I always misplace one and then I'm like, exactly. I only have one pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, it's but satisfying. But yeah, so that's like if you in my head, what I've chosen to go with as an explanation for that is that they recently moved, and that's part of the tension of the sons and the dad. It doesn't sure. work with any of the clues we've been given. No, apparently, like older son has had a thing for the dude, and or for, not for the dude, for the girl for like ages. <laughs> Very much not for the dude. In not this for town. the dude for the girl for like ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, the cute girl at school. Yeah, like the the cute generic girl, but. Yeah. I I would like that better, personally. Yeah. That would just be my thing. And that would also explain why the dad's like, we should all get in buses. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it explains why he didn't cancel the graduation. Because he'd be like, oh, it's our, my first year's principal. This has to go perfectly. You right, have to yeah. record it with six cameras. And we're doing this stupid thing that involves... Like having kids say, "Well, they'll be in twenty-five years on camera," because that right. And he's like, "We're from Seattle. We don't know anything about this stuff." Yeah, exactly. So that's that is the fix I would make for the for the for your very reasonable concern about the pocket knife, which I love that it becomes like it becomes Chekhov's pocket knife. Yes, it really does. Like it becomes such a featured player. It, it, unexpectedly so for a throwaway yeah. li- for a throwaway line. It has a first act. It has a second act. It has a third act. I was yeah. not expecting that yeah we didn't get we did not get such resolution for the whoopie pie in underwater and it really deserved the level of attention that this pocket knife got in this movie the the real hero of this movie is the pocket knife (laughs) yeah the older teen boy owes his life to the pocket knife yeah He's under a collapsed building, and the cavern that he's in is filled with water, and when everybody comes to rescue him, they knock a beam loose to get into this pocket of water, and it causes, like, the door of a car to fall on his leg, pinning him, and he's drowning, so the dad goes down to get him, can't, because he's trapped. He rises out of the water, grabs, it's not even like he goes underwater with a pocket knife, he comes up, there, we see it, the camera like we it is in our view he grabs that pocket knife goes back down cuts the seatbelt that's pinning the door in place and then rises back up and then like then dramatically like hands the pocket knife to the son who was never supposed to have it what a t- what a star turn for pocket knife mhm pocket pocket knife pocket knife is on the rise right <laughs> yeah. you know and honestly it's, and like, it's a the, testament it's the honor to, to armis it's the honor to armis of utility of utility pieces Pocket Knife is just waiting for his Ryan Johnson to come along. Oh my god. Pocket Knife <laughs> is just waiting for his Ben Affleck. 
the bend to his Anna. Oh my um, god. Yeah. So I that you know I think that pretty much brings us to the end of of the movie. And also yeah. very real. Uh, you know, to the to the point of the pocket knife. Very real that the pocket knife would come in that handy, and that's exactly why like everybody in towns like I grew up in carries these knives because like hey, you never know what you're gonna need. Yeah. Um. So and we're a new element divas we're gonna we're gonna step away for a little bit of a break before we go on to our next very expected segments of dreamcasting and what was this movie really about uh so hang with us and we'll be right back hey everybody producer jason here and i'd like to welcome you to what will henceforth be our ad break after making this show for over a year we've finally decided to start opening up our doors We're looking for sponsors who fit right in with what we and our listeners love, so if you're looking to get the word out to the ever-expanding legions of disaster divas, this is your only spot. Email ads at thatmightbecool.com to learn more. That's ads at thatmightbecool.com. Now, back to the show. So, does that then, that then brings us to what was Into the Storm really about? What do you think, Amanda? I think that Into the Storm was really about how in the coming climate apocalypse, mm-hmm. and, I th- and I think that this is something similar to something you've done in the past, um, but how in the coming climate apocalypse, nothing that matters to us actually matters. Sure. Like, yeah. whether it's, you know, the teenage boy, like, jock kid who's like, I hope that in 25 years you're on the football, you're playing football, which, like, dude, you would be a 45-year-old football player, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, at the beginning of the time capsule filming, the head of the varsity basketball team is like, you're going to be playing for the NBA, and you're going to oh, be right, rich, and NBA, you're going to be famous. Which, like, it, was a then, real, it, it was a real strong delusion. Yeah, and then at the very end, we, he comes back onto the documentary, he's like, I just want to be, I just want to be alive, man. Like, that's all I need. That That's the only thing that matters. And he's, like, really somber and, like, recovering yeah. from severe trauma. Yeah. It's like, this this child will never be the same again. No. Uh, like, his, his, the tornado actually changed his voice. Yes, Which is did. really something. That's a, that's a powerful, that's a powerful storm right there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, that was pretty much the through line of the whole movie. Whether it was, like, the petty squabbles you have with your family your mom dying, mm-hmm. your dad being apparently by all accounts like sort of emotionally unavailable and negligent yeah. to a large yeah. degree. Yeah. Like both sons call him out on how emotionally unavailable <laughs> he is. Um, and like borderline emotionally abusive because he's not around for them. Uh, whether it's those things, if it's your life's work, which yeah. ultimately like we don't get a good sense that at the end like this this documentary is going to save millions of lives. No. We don't really. It's more, of a, it's more of a human interest piece. Yeah, it's sort of like there's okay, not really well, that much was, science behind it. There's no science behind it. In fact, no. at one point, the entire thing is that he doesn't want Matt Walsh doesn't like Sarah Wayne because she's using too much science. Too much science. Too and much. so she goes on her gut instead, and that's what takes them to the actual. She uses her gut, as we all know. Uh-huh. All good meteorologists, when they chase tornadoes, they they have a special way to communicate with the storms. Yes, that's right. That's right. They do. They do. And so while she doesn't pick up a fistful of dirt and then just like let it slowly drop between her yeah. fingers, uh-huh. she does the spiritual equivalent of it. Um, she doesn't look at the sky and say they're underestimating you. Uh, which really, that was what this movie <laughs> was missing. <laughs> but yeah, so all the things that we think matter, whether it's the, the documentary we're working on, yep. our, our father-son relationships, the entirety of a high school. Yeah. <laughs> like an entire town. 
you're you're titan the car that you take pride in yeah all these different things none of it actually matters yeah because earth's gonna plow right the fuck through you <laughs> yeah in and the you climate might apocalypse well, yeah truly it does not discriminate it does not stop it does not discriminate and in this case like yeah as you said the thing about how there's you know that it skips one house and hits another like yep we don't really get that here it gets all the houses. Uh-huh. It gets all the it gets all the planes. It gets yeah. everything. There is nothing that is spared except for mm-hmm. the characters. That's just because they had to have a movie. Right, right. Because we like, need to have a movie at the end of this. Yeah, but otherwise, like, no, no, everyone's dead. Nothing matters. Stop trying. <laughs> yeah, that that give up. Yeah, that's subsistence that, like, living. Go off the grid. Go off the grid and subsistence live. At this point, yes, because no, and, <laughs> but I would argue also though that that nothing matters also ties back to the fact that personal responsibility, the burden of personal responsibility within um, climate change, mm-hmm. is futile because we right. have so little power over the actual like the fact that we actually can't control climate change because there's so many other people like industries yeah. and the military are the biggest polluters, not individuals. Yes, yes. yes. So again, this system wide organizations. Yeah. So the thing is, is that nothing that you do matters. It's all coming for us. It's all, it we is just, all coming for us. We just have to accept that this is our fate now. So that's what I took from it. That's what I think this movie's really about. Jordan, what do you think this movie's really about? Well, I think that's a, that's a, I, 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 I feel like the, that is the, the best take you could come away with compared to what I think the writers think that. They were, you know, because they try yeah. to give this movie a stinger of meaning in the ending where they're like, it's, you know, it's like a, you know, we're seeing life, you know, sort of try and be put back together again. And we're hearing that kid say, like, being alive is the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this this um, older neighbor who started out the movie being like, where do I think we're going to be in 25 years? I think we're going to kill ourselves. Like, which he's right. He's right. That's the lesson of the movie. That is the guy who like he he's an older guy and his they find him in like an upended car and they save him. But is he is somehow he has arrived at the end of the movie because he's seen like the goodness of the human spirit and people have helped him. That for him now, um, what the next twenty five years is is you know what this has taught him is that people are good and that people will be there for one another and they will protect one another. And I'm not saying that that's not true. I, I you know in local examples, I think we we do see a lot of that. But I think that this movie only underscores the point that you're making and the first thing that that old guy is saying instead of really making us believe that, well, as long as we have each other, that it's all going to be okay because, no, as long as institutions the size of the military and um, factory farming don't become a part of the solution, (laughs) then, like, it's not going to be okay. Like, we're only going to have, you know, as we talked about with Mika on the San Andreas episode, we're only going to have each other in the heat of the moment. So, yes, I'm not saying we won't be able to rely on each other, but I am saying that actually it's not it's probably not going to be okay. That doesn't mean we're not necessarily going to survive, but surviving might be hard and bad. So, you know, the movie kind of shoots its own self in the ass by saying that, like, climate change is real and look how bad things are getting and this is going to become normal but at the end it's like hey but you know what life finds a way and we're going to rebuild it's like yeah but then there's that big part that you 
told us about earlier on that was very true of how the world is is coming for us and how it's going to be more of this uh, worse and, and more frequently. So I, the movie, I think, wants to be about that hope, but really is just kind of about the inevitability of our um, assault at the hands of the Earth, which is totally our fault anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Which is why it's great that there are cool looking things like the fire twister and the planes yeah. being thrown in the air and Matt Walsh being pitched into heaven before his careening down to his death. Uh, because we need, I want the, I want the spectacle yeah. uh, with the sense of utility. That's, that's what I, I would like to have. No, if you're going to, if you're going to give me my medicine, like make it taste like banana flavored. Yeah, yeah. totally. Just give it to me. Just, but I just don't you're let gonna me go know. Banana. You're going to go banana. Well, like I was thinking of like when you were a kid, Con- you know, or like controversial for me. I, well, I was thinking of like what was it when I was a kid and there was penicillin. Did you eat the banana runts? Did you like oh, the banana yeah. runts? Which oh is ironic. My God. War- oh. Oh. Which is ironic because I'm allergic to banana. Just today, I was thinking about how sad I am that like we can't see. Apparently, do you know that banana flavoring is what banana used to taste like before all the genetic modifications to cr- like the modern banana does not taste like what banana used to taste like, and banana so flavoring. So does it taste? Is- does it taste like banana runts? Yes. <laughs> is that what bananas are supposed to taste like? Yeah, bananas the worst taste like runt. They're, what are you talking about? They're good. Oh, I think I think only people who I can't eat bananas might enjoy banana flavoring. I guess so. But I, and I this is coming like, from somebody who loves a banana dessert. Uh, but uh, I guess um, nope. watered down bad b- fake bananas. I guess is what they are. Yeah, they're they're bad fake bananas. Wow. I <laughs> loves a banana dessert. You just said a, f- a phrase I've never said in my life. There is no I world love, in which I would be like I love a. Ba- of course you do. You don't like chocolate. I love a banana dessert. And my friend feeling with pod, any friend of the pod, Marin, makes uh, the best banana dessert that is a tartine San Francisco bakery recipe. And it does incorporate chocolate and it incorporates caramel and it incorporates coconut and it incorporates custard and whipped cream. Boom. Perfect dessert. Perfect dessert. Great. I'll just pick out the banana because why? <laughs> oh, banana desserts ladies and gentlemen look at that this is the perfect episode for us to go so far afield on bananas you like fake banana flavor but you can't eat real bananas and you hate banana you couldn't eat banana dessert anyway because you're allergic but you're also telling me how gross it is well yeah banana is the only good use of banana is in in cheerios bananas are great in smoothies because they soften the intensity of like this you, you say this. You say this, but whenever I have a banana in a smoothie, my throat closes up, so that I'm not is, a fan of banana. That is like, fair. I can't, I can't taste fair. the banana. All I can be is like, wow, it's weird that I'm having this really, I'm drinking this banana, this smoothie. It tastes normal. Why does my throat feel funny? And is then I go back to Jamba juice. shock? Yes. Okay, that is anaphylactic that is, shock. That is also why I'm like, I can't have avocado in things. It's bananas and avocados. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then All I go right. back to, to Jamba Juice and I'm like, did you put banana in this? And they're like, yeah, it has <laughs> banana. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, going to have to hand this you back gave, to you. You gave me a death shake. Here. Yeah. <laughs> death shake. I need Benadryl. So we, you know, I know not to give Amanda banana things now. And well, unless we you have... want to end this podcast, in which case I guess give me a banana. <laughs> yeah. like, go yeah. for it. But yeah, unless we want to really knives out who done it this situation. Um, <laughs> and we've talked about what this movie's really about. Shall we talk about now the dream casting of it? Yeah, I wasn't passionate enough about the cast to dream cast it. Okay. Um, the only thing was that Richard Armitage the whole time I was like, by a turn of fate, this could have been Gerard Butler. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this was like, before we knew what Gerard was capable of in this specific way. Yeah. It just, it could have been, it wasn't. Richard mm-hmm. Armitage was fine. Everyone was fine. Matt Walsh was, in, like, I, if I did do any casting changes, I would leave Matt Walsh in and rebuild yeah. the entire thing around him. Uh-huh. And probably, like, make it basically asshole twister. Yeah, that sounds good. Like, that was, that's probably what I would do is make it, like, asshole twister and, like, keep the younger brother and basically make the younger brother, like, an intern. Uh Uh-huh. Who is, like, run away to join the circus, essentially. (laughs) You know, and then, like, and it hits his hometown and then we can bring the dad back in. But, like, I didn't, I didn't dreamcast it particularly because I was not passionate about anybody. Jordan, where are you, where do you fall on dreamcasting? I am, I would... I would take out, I would replace, I would keep Sarah Wayne Calais. Sure. Just, what a grounding presence. And Matt Walsh was too good. I Matt Walsh wouldn't change. Yeah. I think I would take out Richard Armitage. And I would make him Katie Asselton. And make Sarah Wayne and Katie Asselton sisters. Okay. Because physically that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And so that would tie Sarah Wayne's character specifically to Silverton. And then it would be... Instead of her being the, like, uh, replacement mother for the teen boy. So I also liked, um, they would have, like, they would be, like, sisters going to save the, like, son slash nephew. Okay. And make it, make it all the more emotional. Because there is, I, I, there, because her daughter is never in danger, there can be, like, an emotional detachment for Sarah Wayne the entire time. Which I didn't mind at all. But if I was to up the stakes for it, it would be... She would have as much investment in this emotionally almost as the principal character would. And they would be going to save these people, these kids together. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that feels very satisfying to me. Yeah. And Katie Asselton kicks ass. So I would love to see that. Yeah, Get no Katie complaints Assel- on that. Put Katie Asselton in one of these movies, goddammit. <laughs> but yeah. No. So we, we uh, so, you know, it's a... When the what it's really about into the storm, a feel bad movie that looks really good, yeah. And now the moment of truth. How many towering infernos do you give this one, Amanda? I'm giving it a competent two, because through so much of it, because through I know because through so much of it, I was just like, there's other movies I would rather I would rather be watching Twister. I would rather be watching Hurricane Heist. I mean, I even as somebody who really enjoys Into the Storm, yeah, true. Like, but, like, but not even in, like, a, oh, it's just a better... Like, I just, the whole time, I was like, I could be watching these other movies that I'm thinking of as I'm watching this movie. Uh-huh. And I would just rather be watching these other movies that I'm thinking of. Yes. And I, even with movies that are bad, I don't necessarily have that feeling. This isn't, mm-hmm. like, a, this is an incompetent movie. Right, yeah. It is, Jordan, to, to use some... To take it back for a second. This is the Banana Runs flavoring. <laughs> oh, Harsh for me. Harsh condemnation of air and of of wind based disaster <laughs> films. Like all right, all right, all right. I just would rather be having a banana <laughs> and dying. Yes. <laughs> I would Amanda, rather, there like, it is. Amanda would rather die than have experienced into the storm. 
I mean, I was watching it while my apartment was 90 degrees. I basically <laughs> thought I was. I think that I, I would love no, to. No, that absolutely had no effect on it. I, I can would love to you. mind wipe you and do this in a moderate weather time. Because I feel like you no. you said in a, in a text thread yesterday that it was too hot to consider even fighting. I think, in fact, you wanted to fight that guy who was whistling weirdly outside your apartment yesterday. And I think I you really, kind of wanted to fight into the storm. No, I really didn't want to fight that guy. I was lying on my sofa and I just heard it and I was like, my machete's in the bedroom. I am on the sofa. <laughs> that sounds like wanting to fight someone. Evaluating no, where like, your machete is compared to them. I was like, if there, well, I was like, this guy is gonna, this creepy dude is whistling up my uh, my my street at ten forty five at night. <laughs> He's coming to kill everyone. That's clearly the only answer. Like this is sure. a creepy creepy murderer who's walking through a neighborhood whistling. Yeah, whistling is unsettling at night. It is unsettling in the dark. Whistling is is troubling. It was in the dark where it's like 90 degrees outside and it's Take been weird that, guys. and Take creepy. Take note of that, guys. Whistling out in the street in the night is really unsettling. Don't it's do that shit. It's so if you, creepy. You're in a neighborhood. If you're like walking and there's like women near you or something and you're all walking in the darkness and you don't know each other and, you're, and you feel like you, it's the nice thing to do to start whistling. Don't. Don't. That's fucking creepy as hell just have a coughing fit pretend to sneeze pretend to talk on your phone do anything except for walk and whistle because that's just what we assume serial killers do yeah so, that's no, upset. i wasn't like i want to fight this guy it was anything i can use to defend myself would require movement <laughs> i guess i'm dying on my sofa there it is hand me that a banana was, let's do it i was just like so so no i didn't want to fight it was too hot to fight anything but no i because i watched other stuff and i was like did not have the same experience it really was just like a dissatisfaction but and that is fine sometimes you and i diverge on what we enjoy and for me in this case i really just kind of wasn't it wasn't hitting the spot it needed to it was it was eating a rice cake when i wanted to have chocolate cake it was okay it was a lack of satisfaction. It was a competent movie. It is. Okay. I cannot say it was badly done. It was not. Okay, good, you know, good. The visual, I like visual I'm glad effects. We can agree on that. Yeah. No, the visual effects were good. Um, it is a it is a good movie to watch in the sense of like I bet this would have looked great on the big screen. I didn't yeah, have any I questions. Yeah, I bet that would have been a lot of fun to see in a theater. And they made it for relatively not a lot of money. It was like fifty million dollars, and it grossed one hundred fifty. We need we need a we need a surge. We need a commitment to the 30 to 50 million dollar disaster movie. Like I'm beyond on it. Gerard Butler and what he does. Like give us more hurricane heists. Give us more into the st- into the storm levels of production. Like yeah. really invest in these things for us people. It was and it and it did well. And so there's nothing about this movie that I'm like this was this was cheap and shitty and they they pulled punches when they shouldn't have. It just was like it just didn't do it for me. I don't know. <laughs> it just didn't. And and that is and that is okay. It probably got like, <laughs> you know, I'll give it two and a half just because I liked Matt Walsh in it so much. Okay, I'll give it. A, it gets half a point for Matt Walsh, half, <laughs> half a towering inferno. Uh huh. Uh huh. So Jordan, I'm giving it by I'm contrast. It, yeah, three and three. a half. A good solid three and a half. Wow. Okay, like, I would expect I, you to go to higher. I wouldn't like. I I get that they're like. I get into the like. I'm getting into the four tier when I'm talking about like her. Like obviously, Twister is a five. I get into the four tier. I know when I'm talking about um. Uh, Hurricane Heist, which I do love. Like, I do love more as a movie. This could be three and a half, 3.75. Let's go 3.75. Really liked it. I understand that it is a reprisal of things we have seen before, but it is, so it is, you know, it it get, it like taking that into account. 
was like a very, a very celebratory 3.75. Okay. All right. Well, coming that's, with I my, think, fair. In, coming with my enthusiastic recommendation for anybody who would want to give it a shot. And my recommendation is give it a shot. And if halfway through the movie you're like, I'm just not there, then uh, I'm with you, man. And that's why Twister's on Netflix. I'm with you, man. So, um, yeah, the yeah. next week, I'm really excited for you to announce next week's offering because... I am excited about next week's what offering. What a treat. I haven't Be- seen it, but it sounds it sounds great. I just, it really gets to the roots of the things that I love, um, which is be like D-list actors mm-hmm. having to act against screen screens. Um, so we've got coming up 2010's Dino Shark. Yes. Yes. The tagline is fear what's below the surface. Because. Yes. Why not? Yeah. Because why not? Fear what's below the surface. A catchy chat, a catchy slogan if ever there was one and this was this was an eric balfour i was gonna say this is eric balfour as the main character um his name is trace mcgraw trace mcgraw trace mcgraw that is if you look at eric balfour's face he's got he's got a trace face let's be real he looks (laughs) like that's that's a very good point i hope that uh, the character had a different name and then they cast eric balfour and then there was like no trace mcgraw yeah Look up, you should look up uh, Trace Thompson. He's Clay Thompson's brother. And once you look him up. Oh, yeah. You're like, that's a trace. And that's a trace. Likewise, Eric Balfour, that's, that's a trace. Trace Thompson is not quite an Antoinette Vitrini, but it is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, no, Trace, Trace McGraw is, and, it, and let me tell you right now, um, it, is, it is absolutely as adequate as one might expect, and it's going to be great. It's set in Mexico, Puerto Vallarta. Oh, hey. Uh, it, it is it is one man fighting a dino shark. What, <laughs> what more can you ask for? And that is available. You can, of course, rent that one um, on Amazon. You've got Vudu. Uh, Standard YouTube. rental fare, it sounds like. Yeah, Standard that's rental like fare. in your places. It's just, it's not a Hulu. It's not, so for some reason, for some, we, we've, I, I'd like to think it's because Tubi's getting too big for its britches with the too whole big. Hunger Games. <laughs> oh. Getting too big oh. for their britches. But uh but yeah, so that's that's what we're doing going with next week, and I for one am very excited. <laughs> no, I I'm thrilled. I love it as a chaser to into the storm. Um yeah. yeah, so make sure to hit up hit up that movie with us next week, guys. Hell yeah. Yep, so Jordan, where can we find you? I think you've got some exciting stuff coming up, huh? Oh yes. Okay, yes, I will mention that. Um you can find me on uh, Twitter at Jorcrew, J-O-R-C-R-U, and then Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash cruciola and uh imminently about to launch a single serving mini series podcast um with a couple other very online writers uh you may know alana bennett and christina grace tucker if you are on twitter as much as like me and amanda are um and we are talking all about a simple favor for our podcast a simple podcast amazing um that's that's all it's gonna be. We're gonna do a handful of episodes. We're gonna home in on specific topics about the movie, costuming, uh, genre play, queer psychosexual tension. Uh, we we're planning on doing a whole episode about Paul Feig and his career, and Paul Feig was good enough to acknowledge us on Twitter and agree to talk to us about the movie. So we're gonna have a full ass long Paul Feig interview coming Hell up for yeah. you on that as well. So yeah, uh, burning up these podcast airwaves. Hit us up. Uh, a simple podcast and keep listening to Disaster Girls every week and tell your friends about it. Please. Yes. Please. All those things. Uh, Jason, where can we find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Halftones. You don't want to find my Facebook. It's just full of me yelling at the Trump supporters in my life. <laughs> That's what it exists for now. That's I, what I, it exists yeah. for now. The only reason I log into Facebook is just to try and convince some people's, uh, uh, like, some people to change their minds. I it's I, it's becoming a bad habit that I just do it every day, and I'm like. Hey, oh, if man, you don't that's like uh, child trafficking and uh, pedophiles, then maybe uh, don't vote for Donald Trump. Just saying, I don't right. know, more yeah. evidence against him than anyone that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, by the way, that I, I need to actually uh, download my entirety of my Facebook and then delete it. So thanks I for, I've that. been saying I'm going to do that, and I, I, I think I'm going to do that today. Spring. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. going to need to do that at some point. Yeah, no, I've been I've been saying I'm going to do it for a while, and I finally put the post up on, and I then I was like, okay, I'll get around to it, but uh, I haven't yeah. yet. Yeah, no. Anyway, Jason Halftones, Twitter, Instagram. I do draws. He does. He does really good draws. Oh, He's okay. super talented. Yeah, yeah, top-notch draws, guys. Such, <laughs> such, such talent. Very good. That's the yeah. thing. I appreciate it. It's true. Such talent. Very draws. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Amanda? Um, and then you can find me. I'm at Amanda R. Tubbs, and that's Tubbs with two Bs. Two Bs. And uh, otherwise, that's where I am, uh, other than in my apartment <laughs> or... Um, if you call a major luxury jeweler's customer service line, you might get me. So Ooh. don't do that. Hey, don't do that. On that one. Don't don't do that. They record <laughs> all the calls. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to brag about. I haven't talked to any famous directors in the last couple of weeks. So unlike go. Jordan, <laughs> it was great. Paul uh, Feig's wonderful. If you've ever thought Paul Feig's wonderful, you're right. He is. Wow. He, when I was a kid, he, I emailed, or uh, when, when Freaks and Geeks went off the air, I emailed the Freaks and Geeks website to be like, I'm sad, I loved you guys. And I can't remember whether he or Judd replied. Aww. One of, the, one of the two of them replied and wrote me like a really, really nice email being like, that's great that you're a writer. I'm so glad you're doing this. Like, thanks for your support. Aww. And I, I want to say it was Paul. Wow. Because it's. I kind of think it was Paul. Based uh, on my experience, seems like it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I just don't remember. Like I was fourteen at the time, um, and I no longer, of course, have that AOL email to be like that. I can look that up. <laughs> but yeah, he is a love. Like from from everything, he seems to be a lovely human with exquisite taste in suiting. Man, imagine yeah, interacting with so many famos that you can't remember which famo emailed you. Yeah, yeah it's just really hard because I was like just hanging out with so many important people when I was 14. So, yeah. you know, it's just like part of being in Los Angeles. And yeah, I, think I guess just so. like, I, This is as just, good a time as any to say, hey, Rock, if you want to come on and talk about Dwayne, any. Look. Yeah, Dwayne. Dwayne, Dwayne come on. Join us. We're here celebrating. We're here celebrating your output. So it's not like it's not like Black Adam is shooting anytime soon, Dwayne. You got time. Just fit it exactly. in between your workouts. Just you know, zoom, no, zoom it I, up. You guys, The Rock had COVID. Dwayne, you're not doing cardio right now. You're hanging out. You must be bored out of your mind. Don't you want to talk about Skyscraper? In fact, yeah. you know what? I know I do. Let's extend the invitation this way. Dwayne, you can be on the show while lifting weights. I know you're not doing cardio because COVID, all that stuff, but you're probably lifting weights because you're a maniac. Uh, <laughs> if you want to do the show while lifting weights, I think we can fully allow that. You can wear a headset and we'll just listen to you pumping iron while uh, discussing yeah. your filmography. I mean, watching Dwayne Johnson in the Iron Paradise while he would talk to us about Skyscraper oh. sounds like the best day of my goddamn life. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean... <laughs> I mean... Call Easily. me candy ass and bench press a human. I don't <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. See? Call me We candy might have to do a special Daddy vlog Johnson. episode if that oh if that God. were to happen. All right. So our many listeners make this happen. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're leaving this campaign. on you now. Yeah, that's our new stretch goal. So first it's um first it's the reviews and then they get to see me with black hair and then the the immediate (laughs) next goal is we get Dwayne the the Rock Rock Johnson on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That seems that seems appropriate. (laughs) Perfect. Laura. Thank you so much well, thanks, for bearing okay. through, uh, through wait, the One more storm. thing, of course, we're Disaster oh, yeah. Underscore Pod. We're DisasterGirls at gmail.com. Please rate and review us. Yeah. I forgot that part. Yes. Yeah. And we'll see you for Eric Balfour fighting uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> a dino shark. Can't wait. Dino shark. Bye, everybody. See you guys next week. Bye. Thanks, guys. That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>